With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we'd go belly up, so we made it our name, and we're still here. Coming up on the Behind the Mic Podcast, a Hall of Fame coach argued to select the best players or groceries for his team. Normally, scouts find the talent, and general managers, sometimes coaches or owners, select the players. We take a look at some of the greatest grocery shoppers in NFL history. You're behind the mic with Michael Neal Jr. All right, it's Tuesday. Show drops tomorrow. Let's go. NFL historians, you know what it is. This show actually is for you, but it's not for you know-it-alls. Just keep scrolling. Again, push the stop button. Find something else to listen to. It's a waste of your time. This show is for those who don't know as much about NFL history. So we are here to enlighten. But please correct me if I'm wrong. I'm always here to learn. I love history. It's the Behind the Mic podcast presented by Belly Up Sports. The Belly Up Sports podcast network. BellyUpSports.com is where you will find my show as well as many, many others on the Belly Up Sports Network. These shows can be listened to on Spreaker, our home podcast network, Apple Podcast, Spotify, Google Podcast, Amazon Music, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, as well as YouTube. Before we get started, how about Lincoln Riley to USC? Who saw that coming? <laughs> Nobody. Nobody. And I guess, uh, what was it? According to the interview that he had, if you believe him, he said that they met on Sunday. And a couple hours later, what, 12 hours later, they got them three homes and a private plane, and they're in there. <laughs> and, and, and a contract. Kudos. <laughs> Kudos to USC. They did it. Uh, and, I, and I see, uh, I did watch the press conference. And he said that he want, wanted to make, uh, or he said that USC is the mecca or something like that. 
and one of his former players tweeted out, you know, based on that quote, well, he told us that last week. Ah, I'm sorry, kids. Y'all can't always listen to these coaches. Yeah, they're on borrowed time, just like they're on your borrowed time. But David Cutcliffe, being a UT fan, he got fired from Duke after 14 years. And Brian Kelly, it's going to get – I'm going to have to get used to seeing him in that purple and yellow. Really, I see him as almost a lifer at Notre Dame. He has a personality that says Notre Dame to me. Um, perfect coach there. I mean, But he was there for 13 years, I believe it was. I mean, it's okay. Let it move forward. Uh that's what it is. You can't stay forever. Nobody stays forever. Nobody stays forever. Um, and then don't look now, Bidwells. Arizona head coach Cliff Kingsbury, he didn't want to comment on the Oklahoma job. And one more thing. How about them Wolverines? Exactly. All right, let's get to it. Rundown week 12. Thanksgiving. Three-game slate. The game that started it all. We talked about it on last week. A little Thanksgiving football NFL history. The Detroit Lions hosting the Chicago Bears. Unlike, though, that 1934 matchup between the undefeated Bears and the one-loss Lions, these two teams combined for a record of 3-15-1. The Bears having lost five straight, and the Lions, you know by now, they haven't won a game at all. Two words, though, for that game. Self-destruction. As I help my wife, uh, very little, but as I help my wife prepare that meal, I watched 10 penalties by Detroit. Three in the fourth quarter on a drive where they had that one-point lead. They led the It's the story of the Lions this season. They got near midfield, and then they went backwards with three of their five offensive linemen committing one, a false start, and then the other two were holding penalties. And they went backwards. It was like third and forever, third and 30-something. Andy Dalton, who threw for 317 on Thanksgiving Day, he drives the Bears in the field goal range, and that was it. The Detroit Lions are now 0-10-1 on the season. Matt Nagy, you keep your job for yet another week. Game two, Marvel the Sticky Bandits from Home Alone, I mean Derek Carr, and the Vegas Raiders. Look, the guy is close to Christmas. Derek Carr is really growing his hair out, and he's looking more like Mar from Home Alone. A lot of hair there. Anyway, the Raiders, they go down to Dallas. They get an overtime win, and my boy Carlos cannot stop complaining about cornerback Anthony Brown and those four pass interference penalties that he got flagged for. Look, everybody, referees different. Everybody doesn't make the same calls. They're all subjective anyway. There's referees in basketball call, uh, make calls differently, even from game to game. Same thing with the umps in baseball. That's what it is. I mean, he's just mad that the Cowboys lost that game. Uh, they have had a hard four weeks, by the way. They're one and three. And here's the key, though. They were rotating offensive linemen. What does that tell you? And Zeke Elliott, he's hurt. And in that whole game, 28 penalties, 14 apiece. The refs got to work out. All right. Well, game three, though, to go uh, to Gumbo Town, that is, we go New Orleans. They were hosting the Buffalo Bills. During the broadcast, NBC play-by-play man Mike Tirico, he kept mentioning over and over how the Saints need to get back to this and do that. And 
how this season has been the worst for New Orleans and all of these different statistical categories in the 16 years, I believe it was, uh, or has been, that Sean Payton has been the head coach. I just kept thinking it might have something to do with the fact that his Hall of Fame quarterback, Drew Brees, is now sitting next to you in the booth. And I'm sure Brees wouldn't have minded going down there for a couple of series. The Saints are struggling at quarterback right now. I know Trevor Simeon, uh, it's just not working out. Buffalo won the game 31-6. I fell asleep in the fourth quarter for good reason. Sunday, we move to Sunday. All right, I'll get this out of the way. Pittsburgh at Cincinnati. Look, it's time to tank. Uh, I know that sounds bad, but it's time to tank. Blowout, embarrassing. At least I had Joe Mixon on my fantasy team, and I started him 165 yards, and he scored twice. Moving on. I wonder what the conversation was like between former Buccaneers running back Mike Pittman, Michael Pittman, and his son, coach receiver Mike Jr. after this game. The future didn't look very bright. When Brady and the Bucks were down 24 to 14, uh, to 14, five turnover, uh, five total turnovers, excuse me, will get you beat. And then three of those came courtesy of Carson Wentz, who his old uh, nemesis of his own self from Philadelphia reared his ugly head after he threw three touchdown passes in the first half and was looking good. Leonard Fournette. Four touchdowns for Tampa. One of those, the touchdown pass from the single touchdown pass from Tom Brady, put the game out of reach for the Bucs to get that W. Tampa, to Titans fans, you're welcome. Cam Newton, Panthers at the Dolphins. Cam Newton, he was 5 of 21 with two picks. And then Panthers head coach Matt Rule, he basically told him, Cam, look here, come here. You come stand next to me. He got benched. He got benched. He was replaced by P.J. Walker, who wasn't much better. Dolphins get their fourth straight win. Now, the last time the Titans visited Foxborough, they basically ended Tom Brady's career as a Patriot. A little different this time around. But what happens when you take away, let's just say, a soldier's, I've given you this before, a soldier's pistol, his rifle, and his knife, right? So he has no weapons other than to fight with his hands. That was Ryan Tannehill on Sunday. Tennessee played a decent game, and but you're missing all of your playmakers. What do you expect? I mean, it was a good game at the at the beginning. I was proud of the way they held it together. I believe it was like a three-point game and a six-point game, and then the bottom just fell out. Look, that Patriots defense is good. Belichick is more prepared than you, and they're probably the best team in the AFC right now, and they're being at their best at the right time when you get it's getting cold outside and it's getting close to the end of the season and playoffs are looming. All right, Kansas City Chiefs maybe number two. Thank God I did not start Jalen Hurts in fantasy. I grabbed him as a third quarterback. Yes, I have three quarterbacks on my roster on one of my fantasy teams because I'm riding the struggle bus. But, I mean, Hurts is actually the what ranked the number two. Number two is a quarterback in fantasy football especially after rushing for three touchdowns last week against New Orleans. I also have Lamar Jackson and Kirk Cousins. I went with Lamar. I, I did sit Kirk, even though Kirk has had better games. But Sunday hurts. My guy, he, he threw three interceptions on Sunday. The Eagles had 
four turnovers in all. The Giants got a badly needed win at home. The Jaguars show some fight every week, but they are one step closer to drafting in the top three. Falcons win. Meanwhile, in Houston, another battle of bad teams. The Jets stage a comeback to beat the Texans, who are also one step closer to drafting in the top three. I believe I can say this was with some some good, strong confidence. I believe I can. Teddy Bridgewater may never, ever reach his true potential because of injuries. I mean, that's just the way the sports is. Uh, you can't help it sometimes. It's not your fault that you're hurt all the time. Some things is just bad luck. Uh, but the Broncos, they stepped their game up. They beat the Chargers. And I think we are all trying to figure out what's wrong with the Chargers. Good one week, bad the next. They remind you of a teenager trying to find their personality or something. What's it going to be, L.A.? What's it going to be? Now, this statement may be a little strong, but is it just me? Just a feeling that I have about Odell Beckham Jr. Every team that he seems to land on, something bad happens with your record. <laughs> you know, I know the Browns went to the playoffs last year, but was he healthy at the time? When they Did, did he start in the playoffs? I don't remember. I honestly don't. And Matt Stafford, this dude looked like an MVP at the beginning of the season, and now it's like pick six after pick six and, and interception and turnover after turnover, and it just seems, that, I don't know, they're, they're going backwards as well. I saw uh, someone post, no, not someone, one of my good buddies I graduated with, one of my best college friends, Joe Branham, big Rams fan. He is the host of the Rams Showcase, a really good show. And basically a guy, he reposted something on Facebook. And the guy says, basically, you have um, <laughs> you have Jalen Ramsey, you have uh, Von Miller on your, on your defense and Aaron Donald, and you still keep giving up touchdowns. It's not looking good. It's not. But I'm not going to blame the defense like that. That's pointing at Raheem Morris as the D coordinator. But I'm not going to blame him. When your quarterback is constantly putting you in a hole, your offense is putting you in a hole, what else can you do? You know what I mean? I mean, what what else you go, are you supposed to say? And speaking of Jalen Ramsey, every time Stafford makes a mistake, that's who I think about. Why? You remember that GQ magazine article with the quarterback list that Ramsey had? He said Deshaun Watson, Carson Wentz, they will be MVPs one day. Brady and Rodgers, they are not trash. And his own quarterback in Jacksonville at the time, Blake Bortles, he says, Blake, do what he got to do. What does he say about Stafford? When he's a Detroit Lion, he's straight. I want him to add, I want someone to ask him now what he thinks about his quarterback. Right. Minnesota Vikings, they hold a lead like a bucket with holes in it. Holes water. They just can't do it. They can't do it. Last week, they seemed to get over the hump, but now they're back where they were at first. There's always blame that's going to fall on Kirk Cousins and head coach Mike Zimmer. Neither of these two is ever going to be out of the realm of blame. It doesn't help your cause when you're pretty much, to me, your best player this side of your receivers, Thielen and Jefferson. Dalvin Cook goes down hurt again. Dislocated shoulder. I think they said two weeks or something like that. 
But San Francisco, on the other hand, they win their third straight game. And they are now over 500 on the season. Rest that groin, Debo. Now, my biggest takeaway from the Sunday night game, Browns at the Ravens, was just how bad Lamar Jackson made Jadavion Clowney look. It was the same as watching an NBA game or college basketball game, watching a dude get crossed over, over and over multiple times. And Clownsy, Clowney, excuse me, yeah, he looked clumsy. Clowney was seriously frustrated. Whether it was, you know, giving up a play, he's throwing his helmet down and, he, he, was, he was seriously pissed. I understand that. And, of course, the Ravens, they get the win, pounding the rock in the fourth quarter. Monday Night Football, Seahawks-Washington, Seahawks offense, P-U. I had to watch that game with one hand because they, they stink on offense. They really, really do. I don't know what's wrong with Russell Wilson. The only thing I could think of is just how much worse the offense looks Call it what I'm just calling it like I see it with their new offensive coordinator Shane Waldron at the helm. They don't look the same. They, they look bad. They look bad. It, they at least move the ball <laughs> with a bad offensive line in the past. They they have, but there's no playoffs now. No playoffs. Forget it. Playoffs? Yeah, no playoffs. They have lost three straight games. And truth be told, even though we want to blame Waldron. Pete Carroll has already said it. Quote, the film doesn't lie, you know. He missed some stuff. Talking about Russ. And I'm sure DK Metcalf has already co-signed that quote. Did not get targeted until, what, seven minutes left to go in the fourth quarter or something like that. And I think he only had three balls thrown his way the entire game. And their defense, they got wore out by an undrafted quarterback who was on his fifth team and was on his couch this time last year and a college wide receiver turned running back out of Memphis. Taylor Heineke and Antonio Gibson are the truth in Washington. Time will tell just how far that they, as well as this team, can actually go. Consistency is the key, though. All right, we don't want to overreact, especially when you're on the big stage and you win a game, you look good doing it. Never forget, before Monday night, this kid, Heineke, had thrown eight interceptions in the six losses they had they came in four and six now they're five and six zero zero interceptions in the four wins this is technically taylor heineke's first year okay we get back to our focus on the front office as we talk about the type of people who find the taylor heineke's and the antonio Antonio gibson's next Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Shopify presents cool sheets from aha to lying awake while you bake isn't cool. I suffered from the wrong kind of hot in bed, heat induced insomnia. That was my aha moment. Bed sheets that keep you cool. Then I thought, how do I even sell bed sheets? That's when I had the idea that made it all possible. Signing up on Shopify. 
With the help of Shopify's intuitive online store creator, I started selling sustainable bamboo sheets that keep cool year-round. And my cool idea became a reality. Hot sleepers around the world rejoice. Shopify makes it simple to keep your cool while starting and growing your business. Start selling with Shopify today and join the commerce platform powering millions of businesses worldwide. From aha to anything is possible. This is Possibility, powered by Shopify. Start selling online today. Sign up for a free trial at shopify.com slash free 22. Shopify.com slash free 22. All right, back in 1997, then Patriots head coach Bill Parcells was on his way out after he and owner Robert Kraft disagreed on Parcells being the GM, all right, the de facto GM, saying, quote, it's like a friend of mine told me, if you want, if they want you to cook the dinner, at least they ought to let you shop for some of the groceries. It's so ironic that Kraft's next head coach, Bill Belichick would end up in that same role. But I do want you to have an understanding of what a general manager or GM in sports is. Basically, they manage player transactions. Who goes out, who comes in. For the most part, they have the final say with the NFL draft and free agency. In addition to player transactions, they also manage the hiring and firing of coaches as well as the salary cap. Of course, they get their orders from the owner, from the owners. They say, hey, this is what I want. Some do and some say, hey, you run a team. You'll get the first example. Sometimes they have to concede to the wishes of their owners, and not all owners are football people. Keep that in mind. Although GMs don't affect the action on the field, their job is to get the players in the building. GMs, general managers, or directors of player personnel, their job is to get the players in the building. After that, it's up to the coaches. We talked about the scouts the last couple of shows, and those people go out and find the talent. They report back on who is supposed to be good, who meets the team's need. We need a wide receiver. We need a guy with speed, or we need a guy that's like 6'4", 220. We need a bigger receiver. It's all according to what, uh, your or basically how your division is set up because what is the the whole uh hierarchy as far as the setup of your success to your season and trying to win a super bowl one we have to win our division so we have to build our team according to the division and what you need is what you need whether it's offense defense special teams doesn't matter even coaches even coaches right the coach that has to get the job done so we talked about that, but GMs and directors of player personnel, they put a stamp on those players. They say, yes, let's draft that guy or let's bring this guy in as a free agent. There are some men that are really good at that job. Number one, born in California, Texas Ernest Schramm earned a bachelor's degree in journalism from the University of Texas. University of Texas. He would become a sports writer for the Austin American statesman and spent 10 years with the Los Angeles Rams from 1947 to 1956, in which he went from being the, uh, the publicity director to GM. From 57 to 59, three years, Schramm was the assistant director of sports for CBS when he got the call from the new owner. 
Clint Murchison Jr. to become general manager and president of the newly formed franchise, the Dallas Cowboys. Speaking of scouts, Gil Brandt was a baby photographer. Didn't know this before SRAM had hired him to become a part-time scout with the Rams when they worked together then. And when Murchison hired SRAM to run the Cowboys, Tex brought Brandt along with him as the head scout. Add to that, former New York Giants defensive coordinator, Tom Landry, to be the head coach, that gives you a base that will be together for the next 29 years. If you listen to the show long enough, you'll know that we've talked about the Dallas Cowboys and that 20-year run of winning seasons. 18 of those years, the Cowboys went to the playoffs. The first six, they were trash. Okay, they weren't that great. Well, they may not have been trash, trash. That first year, they definitely were. They were 0-11-1. That one tie. <laughs> um, they weren't they weren't good. They were dog food. But they were there, there were some key moves that Tex Realm made that basically made the Cowboys the Cowboys and helped change the NFL as well as a whole. Although Landry had the final say from what I've read on the players that were brought in. The law firm, I like to call it, of Shram, Brent, and Landry would bring in nine Pro Football Hall of Famers. They would appear in five Super Bowls, winning two, and even set the stage for the next round of Super Bowls by drafting Troy Eggman in 1989. And keep this in mind, even the Super Bowls that they lost in those 1970s years, a total of 11 points. So they were all close games. You know, the Super Bowl five, they lose by a field goal. Uh, they lose to the Steelers twice, and they actually had to come back the second time around. Um, I mean, it is what it is. A total of 11 points in those three games that they lost. So good teams, very good teams. Shram was gone after the 88 season along with Landry. But it was more than that. Shram was responsible for the Cowboy cheerleaders, uh, and it was with him that Lamar Hunt had that secret meeting in Dallas at that Dallas airport to get the AFL and NFL to merge. It was he that got the Cowboys on this as the second team playing traditionally on Thanksgiving Day. He's also credited with helping institute instant replay, giving the referee a microphone for the penalty announcements, right? They weren't doing that before he mentioned it. He was one of the guys that put that out there. Shortening the play clock, I think it was to 30 seconds, and developing the wild card playoff system. Also, on the field, the extra wide sideline borders that you see and the wind direction stripes, those strips that's on the top of the goalpost to see which way the wind is blowing, helping the kickers out. Yeah, that's that's that he's he's part of that, right? Uprights and the multicolor striping for the 20 and 50 yard lines. All this according to profootballhalloffame.com. He was also chairman of the NFL competition committee for 23 years and if there's anything negative to say about the man it would be the fact that he was notoriously cheap the book that I'm reading right now um, by Gary Myers and I got some of my information there very good book by the way there was a point when uh, Myers had actually posted the, the list of the Cowboys and put their salaries out there they weren't happy about that but I mean it is what it was I've seen uh, interviews on America's Game and some other NFL films where the players talked about, yes, Tex was cheap. And they even threw Brant's name in there at some point as well. But, I mean, 
there haven't been too many documentaries or places that I've read at some point when they said that the man would not pay his players top dollar. And there was a point, like I said, when the Cowboys salaries were posted in a Dallas newspaper by Gary Myers. And although Tex Ram was great, he spent 44 years of his life in professional football. And it was culminated by him being inducted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame in 1991. Here's another one, though. You may not know. His name is Don Klosterman. I did not know this man before today. I mean, before last week, when I was doing my research, actually two weeks ago, I actually started my research. And man, this guy's got a story. Klosterman was an All-American quarterback at Loyola University, now known as Loyola Marymount. You know, the basketball team, right? He led the nation in passing in 1951, and he was pretty good. But then he was drafted into the NFL, whoopee in 1952 but that's where everything starts to get interesting on this podcast we have talked a lot about the la rams and the cleveland browns and both teams were pretty dominant in the 40s and 50s why hall of fame level teams but also hall of hall of fame level quarterbacks he ended up as the backup quarterback for Otto graham hall of fame quarterback for the uninitiated Graham was Paul Brown's engine in that Cleveland machine that went to 10 straight championships. You think this guy was really going to come off the bench? No. Not unless Otto Graham couldn't walk. For the, uh, and as far as this, get this, the six weeks after he was drafted, though, by Cleveland, it didn't last long, he was traded to the Rams. And then he had to sit behind another Hall of Fame quarterback, Norm Van Brocklin and Bob Waterfield. He threw a total of 10 passes that year in 1952 obviously he wasn't going to get to play so we bolted for the canadian football league and played with the calgary it was it calgary stampeders until 1956 unfortunately on saint patrick's day in 1957 tragedy struck klosterman was paralyzed from the waist down after hitting a tree while he was trying to avoid another skier that was in his direction in alberta his football career was over doctors he had multiple surgeries doctors told him he would not walk again now from a player standpoint no no more football for you but amazingly through rehab he regained his ability to walk and he had you know aid from a cane and his football career basically wasn't over yet so in 1960 anybody that knows frank Leahy, he was the former coach for the notre dame fighting irish so is brian kelly well, he was the GM of the LA Chargers of the AFL at the time and asked Klosterman to become a recruiter for him. Of course, 1960, the AFL was just getting off the ground and they were going to have to fight the NFL for players. So you had to have, it's almost like college football uh, recruiting tactics. We've talked about it before and how both the AFL and NFL had their, had their fights and trying to sign players. At one point, they were both drafting the same players and they had to have a salesman. Klosterman was that salesman. He was that recruiter. Again, now Klosterman, basically he was that salesman. And there were plenty of players that he brought into the fold for, the, uh, for, those, uh, for those LA Charger teams. He brought in players such as Hall of Fame wide receiver Lance Allworth, Ernie Ladd, quarterbacks John Hadle and Jack Kemp. Klosterman would move on, though. He didn't stay long. He moved on to the Dallas Texans in 1962. Of course, in 63, they became 
your Kansas City Chiefs. The list of players he helped the Chiefs get were like Bobby Bell, Buck Buchanan, uh, Pete Beathard, Mike Garrett, and Otis Taylor. He assured Buchanan, for instance, that he would be selected at the top by the Chiefs. You've got to remember that Buchanan was selected. Again, they were NFL and AFL was, were drafting players at the same time. Well, Buchanan was selected in the 19th round of the NFL draft. The Chiefs, though, made him the first ever number one pick from an HBCU out of Grambling. So we gave you the scoop also on Super Scout Lloyd Wells in an earlier episode, right? Well, the story of how Wells found Taylor and his Prairie View A&M teammate in the Holiday Inn in Texas, and he snuck him out the back window. Well, it was Klosterman, Don Klosterman, who had lost contact with Taylor, found out where he was through his connection with Wells, and sent Wells to find both of those players. Of course, you know, they signed with the Chiefs, and they were cornerstones, especially Taylor, a Hall of Fame wide receiver, cornerstones, of that 1969 Super Bowl, which unfortunately, Klosterman didn't stay long enough to be a part of because he left again. So, but he got he got those players, he helped get those players into the building. In 66, though, Klosterman got a promotion, going from recruiter to general manager, first major position of the Houston Oilers this time for Bud Adams. They made the playoffs twice in his four years that he was there. And in the first year of the AFL-NFL merger in 1970, the Baltimore Colts won Super Bowl V with him as the GM when they beat the Dallas Cowboys. In those two seasons, the Colts were 11-2-1 and, and also 10-4. and four. Eventually, he would move on again. God, this guy packed his bags fast. He moved on again, this time back to Los Angeles, this time with the Rams in 1972 when Colts owner Carol Rosenblum swapped franchises. And those teams had eight winning seasons in his 11 as GM. And this may not have, uh, may have even included a Super Bowl victory in 1979 against the Pittsburgh Steelers, Super Bowl 14. And this was without that season, they had to go without their starting quarterback, Roman Gabriel. He was re replaced by Vince Ferragamo, who, I mean, if you watch that game, yeah, the it was more the Steelers took it from the Rams but man the Rams made some serious mistakes and they had a chance to retake that lead lead we'll, we'll talk about that later but um I mean in all class uh he had three franchises in which he was a GM they made 12 playoff appearances eight league or conference championship games and he's noted as one of the 20 best GMs of all time amazing career amazing career coming up next another name you may not know got a question for you can you tell me who the gm was for the 1970 steelers hi i'm maria and i'm mike and we're team, team ready. ready black hills energy knows your home is where your heart is so they want you to be ready it's all about keeping you safe prepared and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready.
General managers, scouts, and coaches have played different roles over the course of pro football history. Men like George Hallis, for instance, when the NFL first started, not only played for the Chicago Bears, he was a recruiter, he was a general manager, he was a partial, then sole owner of the franchise, and he ran everything from the parking lot to concessions, ticket sales, and the players on the field as being one of the players on the field. That's crazy, right? And we know the polar opposite how Jerry Jones is now. He can't leave stuff alone. But the first owner, Clint Murchison Jr., he was described as a recluse. You hardly seen the guy. He hired Tech Schramm to run the Cowboys. You do this job, I'll supply the money. I'll cut the checks. That's it. Y'all do the football stuff. I'll sit back and, and maybe I'll, I mean, I'll come to the games and I'll cut the checks. But he, had his, he was just as hands-off as any owner could be. Of course, polar opposite of Jerry Jones. But one thing I've learned while doing these shows on scouts and GMs thus far and even thinking about the head coaches is that I don't want to give one person too much credit. Just like in the game of football, we give too much credit to or blame to a quarterback. I think we can give too much credit or blame to one person in the front office as well. It takes several people working together as a, uh, to basically make a decision. Those decisions make or break teams, and they win or lose championships. You can, you can give a lot of credit to scouts like Lloyd Wells and Bill Nunn Jr., the ones I talked about last show, well, two shows ago, about having those plugs that they had with their franchises and connected them with those HBCUs. And at least they were being, you know, these guys, they were being virtually ignored by the NFL for so long. And at the same time, these guys, they report back to these general managers and player personnel people that have the final say on drafting these players. That 1970s Steelers dynasty would not have happened if not been for a very brilliant talent evaluator named Dick Haley. Much like the way football is played, the front office game is the same. Scouts, general managers, owners, coaches, they work together as a team to finalize these players. Haley was one of those. As GM for the Pittsburgh Steelers for 20 years, okay, a Pennsylvania native, Dick Haley was a ninth round cornerback out of the University of Pittsburgh who played for Washington, Minnesota, and the Steelers, the hometown Steelers. He finished his career with 14 picks, and six of them came in 1963 with Pittsburgh. So then he got into the front office with the Miami Dolphins as a player personnel analyst before getting his big shot with the Pittsburgh Steelers as director of player personnel de facto GM. It all goes back to the 1974 draft that included four Hall of Famers, right? First round, you had Lynn Swan. Second round, you had Jack Lambert. And the Bill Nunn Jr. special fourth rounder wide receiver, John Stallworth. Fifth round, you had the center, Mike Webster. This also included Jack Ham, uh, Franco Harris, Rod Woodson in later years. They drafted him in 87 and in 88. Another Hall of Famer, Dermani Dawson on the offensive line. He was an NFL draft master, something you had to be because free agency as we know it right now did not exist. You drafted your players, you kept your players. Of course, it went beyond Hall of Fame level players. According to an article by Rick Gosling of Talk of Fame Network, and I'll say this quote, 
In Haley's first draft in 1971, the Steelers added seven players who would start in the team's first Super Bowl in 1974. Wide receiver Frank Lewis was a first rounder. Linebacker Jack Ham, second round. Guard Gary Mullins, fourth round. Defensive tackle Dwight White, fourth round. Tight end Larry Brown in the fifth round, who I believe migrated over to tackle in the later years, was a starting tackle for the Steelers. Defensive tackle Ernie Holmes, another one of the Steel Curtain members. In the eighth round and in the eleventh round, safety Mike Wagner. And the Steelers added safety, starting safety Glenn Edwards as an undrafted free agent that same year. In all, for the Pittsburgh Steelers, eight Hall of Famers, 23 pro, pro bowlers, not to mention three other players that he drafted that went on to pro bowlers, to pro bowls for other teams. You had guys like tight end Brent Jones. I didn't know that. I honestly didn't know that. Brent Jones was drafted by by Haley. Uh, Hardy Nickerson, at linebacker, and safety Thomas Everett. Of course, Cowboy fans as well as Steelers fans would know that name. And it didn't stop, though, with Pittsburgh. He joined the New York Jets in 1991. At the same time, Chuck Noll went out so did Haley. In his 12 years, those teams produced nine Pro Bowlers there in New York. This included, I know he wasn't great, but he was pretty good. Chad, quarterback Chad Pennington. Also, John Abraham, who's a Hall of Fame candidate. I think he was eligible as of last year. Uh, he finished his career with 133 and a half sacks. He was a three-time Pro Bowler and a 2001 All-Pro with New York. You also have to include Bill, uh, the Bill Parcells 98 AFC Championship team, which Haley is credited with building the base for that squad. Overall, in 32 years as a head player of pro personnel, 16 playoff appearances, eight championship games, four trophies, Super Bowl trophies, four Lombardies, and a 54% winning percentage. I know mostly Steelers, but not everybody can copy that kind of success. One thing I didn't know is that his son is a former Chiefs head coach, former Cardinals, Steelers, and Browns offensive coordinator. Who is he? Yeah, I I didn't know it. Todd Haley. Todd Haley. Yeah, that guy. (laughs) All right, that's a wrap for the show. Uh, Let's get to these references. Thank you. ProFootballHallOfFame.com. The focus is there on the text realm. How about them Cowboys? The book by Gary Myers. The New York Times. An article by Richard Goldstein. Don Klosterman, 70. Builder of many pro football teams. Dated June 9th, 2000. KCKingdom.com. Don Klosterman, the forgotten architect of the Kansas City Chiefs. Super Bowl victory by Josh Michaels and Talk of Fame Network state your case why Dick Haley deserves Hall of Fame consideration as a contributor. I could not agree more by Rick Gossman. ProFootballReference.com as well. So we close this thing out. It's been the Behind the Mic podcast presented by Billy of Sports, the Billy of Sports podcast network. BillyofSports.com. You catch this show as well as others, especially my show, on Spreaker, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, YouTube. Tell all your friends, family about this show or I will find your house. I'm out.
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.